Mic check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Yeah, I'm waiting on uh, Bits Be Trippin' to show up to the live stream, so I'll just chat with you guys until then. I'll be able to read your guys' chat in a second. All right, chat. All right, chat. I'm reading your guys' stuff here. Yeah, there's two of me now. There's live stream me, and then there's 4K me. I like 4K me better, I think. How about Vitalik roasting CSW? Yeah, um, he's late to the game. Everybody should be in on that trip, you know? If, uh, if you're not, in this case, if you don't denounce... Uh, people that are bad actors, then to some degree you're inviting bad acts. Thus, it's everyone's job that has a voice and an audience in the ecosystem to maintain the health and quality of the ecosystem by denouncing people that are not good Somebody asked about the CFD token. They say, glancing through your white paper presentation, it looks like a lot of work has gone into the modeling. Do you have any customers lined up and any details on how the coin would work for miners? Well, um, it's the, the modeling part is done. I mean, the software is complete. The token and network and tokenomic stuff is not done. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do it, and I'm open to suggestions at this point on the ways people prefer. So uh, as it stands right now, there's a job server. The job server gets jobs and then breaks them into parts. And those parts get done by miners. And the parts that get done are matrix inversion. And they're open sourced uh, algebraic software, Fortran, etc. So you know, if you were to run a miner, then you would just talk to our job server with an API, and then you could mine the solutions to the hard math that we give you using pretty much the binaries of your choice because they're open source and this would create an incentive for people to improve mathematical algebra software with a token reward that uh, caused there to be progress in SHA-256. So 
you know, the same way that people found ways to do SHA-256 better because there was a, a token reason to do so, once this project is launched, there will be a tokenized reason to improve math open source software, uh, which has a lot of room to improve. So it's neat that we can create a model by which people that improve an open source project actually get rewarded for doing so. I mean, that's what existing minor optimizers do, right? And then some people will close source it and make it better. If anyone of you guys wants to message Mr. Bitsby Trippin and, and see where he is, um, let me check. whatever if we have to we'll do it without him but uh the only reason i'm live is because he wanted to go live so i hope he shows up going back to chat hey richard were you kidding the other day when you said bitcoin at the end of the year twenty thousand dollars and three cents nope not really i mean Wall Street's coming, and they're coming hard. So if the markets go down and people look for an uncorrelated uh, diversification that still shows great return, Bitcoin's a great non-correlated great return. So it's a, I don't want to call it a hedge because there's a common misconception that hedges are supposed to move opposite. They're not supposed to move opposite. They're supposed to move differently up, right? So um, Bitcoin is a very useful differently up tool to diversify one's, you know, S and P 500 platform, et cetera, no matter what you own, Bitcoin is probably out earning the returns. So you should have exposure to it. Uh, furthermore, they have so much money and so much economic mass and their ability to participate in the Bitcoin market has been so starved for so long that there's a lot of pent up demand combined with a lot of press. I mean, the, the chief of the IMF came out and said, hey, this stuff's real, it's coming. Don't, don't pretend it's not. It might take over everything. She said that. So I think on Wednesday, probably next week, if Ledger goes live, as I hear it will, Ledger X, then a lot of Wall Street money is going to come in and there's no new sell pressure to meet it. So price should explode combined with the fact that we've got short squeezes that'll occur due to the fork with longs getting their fork coins instead of shorts, which is a difference in reward that changed from the BCH fork to the B2X fork. So the B2X fork rewards people that aren't short, whereas the BCH fork rewarded people who were short. And that makes a gigantic difference, particularly since we're sitting at the highest I think we're sitting at 30,000 coins of short interest, of which only 5,000 is fully collateralized. So like there's 25,000 people that, you know, would have to cover if the market shot up really hard. They don't have to cover, but they would want to, right? I mean, you only want to be underwater so much on your on your trading. So I think I think 6,000 in a very short time frame, you know, I think it's down to like a week and a half now, maybe. I have to look at the timestamps. Uh, if Wall Street gets in, 6,000 is nothing, nothing at all. 
So I'm very comfortable making that statement. And if Wall Street gets in, three times 6,000 is also nothing. So I'm comfortable with that statement as well. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Like when he, uh, I can't hear you. Let me uh, see if I can fix that. And I do, I do have audio. So I think this might be on your end if you check your mic indicator. Because, yeah, I've tested in the client and you're good. So you're not transmitting audio to me. Okay, I hear you now. All right, yeah, I just switched the... Oh, fuck, that's loud. One second. <laughs> One minute. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have my studio monitors off. All right, you're good now. Sweet, there we go. I like your uh, your bench full of mining hardware behind you, man. I love tools and I love workbenches. Never stops. True that, bro. <laughs> so uh, while you weren't here, I was talking to chat about uh, my price prediction of twenty thousand and three cents by the end of the year, and uh, six thousand in like a week and a half. Which, you know, we were at five thousand without Wall Street not very long ago, right. and China can't ban again, so where's the bad news, right? And you're getting free coins from the fork and the longs you're getting paid instead of the shorts. Forget about it. And the shorts all have to cover because there's so many more of them. It's oh, yeah. it's, it's a perfect storm for price explosion as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty apparent the cat's out of the bag, right? I mean, people now are getting into it in scale. And you're getting a lot of people, I mean, Hold on, I'm getting some feedback here. There we go. Um, you know, you start looking at like people that have never experienced or been a part of anything that has to do with like the crypto tech in general. I mean, if I go out on the street and it has nothing to do with, you know, what we do here with busy tripping, language is coming hung out. So I think that just that and that feeds into the folks that do investment big not just banking, but people that do wealth management and all that other stuff, they're seeing part of it too. And, you know, the culture's changing. And when that, when the regulation and the, the, the avenue really opens up for that stuff to really expand, I mean, it's even $20,000 valuations um, are probably very minimal compared to what it could be, right? I mean, it's, but I mean, from a short term, absolutely. I mean, this thing is ready to really wide open. I mean, there's no question. I mean, I just seen from all my experiences and from my vantage point in the space in general, which has a lot more to do with blockchain than it does anything to do with cryptocurrencies, short of the fact of what we do here, um, the, the technology in general, it, it's part and parcel with the crypto. You can't talk blockchain in any of those spaces without Bitcoin coming up in the conversation. Um, so, I mean, people are looking at it from that store value and from the usability of it. And, and it's just going to be one of those things that's going to expand exponentially. It's, it's logarithmic and it's going to go, you know, parabolic very soon. So there's a statement that people overestimate what can happen in two years, but underestimate what can happen in five years. And mm -hmm. Bitcoin is a great example of something that you know, 
everyone considered as a joke and everyone considered as a joke and everyone considered as a joke. And now it's on CNBC every day. The cover of newspapers, the, lead, the head of the IMF is talking about how it could take over everything. Everybody's trying to make their own fake copy that's destined to fail because the same reason CompuServe and AOL failed to the truly open and distributed, easy to get in. Dropped a bit. So it's like, yeah. uh, it, it, it's a perfect storm, not only from a timing perspective, but from, you know, look at, look at every single asset in the world inflating. It, it's, uh, it's fabulous. If, if the markets yeah. go up, people still want this higher gains here and they've got the free money to do it because they feel rich because they are rich because everything's inflated. If the market goes yeah. down, they look for this uncorrelated thing up. We're good down. We're good. Forks were good. Every new fork that comes and, and Bitcoin price keeps exploding. It's like, oh, forks, they're good, not bad. Keep bringing them. Give me free coins. More free coins. Come on, baby. So, yeah, it's I like, mean, uh, a, a lot of people that are, you know, are following it. I mean, and mind you, with, with our exposure into the space, especially with the alt currencies and stuff, the Bitcoin's always, always coming up. Um, from the people that have never been in support of this space, right? I and mean, they're like, you know, I want to mine, I want to do stuff, or I want to, how do I buy coins, that kind of stuff. And, you know, Bitcoin's the center. It's the centric piece that everybody goes and says, you know, I want to get a little bit of Bitcoin, and then I'm going to do some mining in some capacity, right? And maybe try to get a lift like Bitcoin did. But what I always try to make sure that people understand is, you know, especially in the, the crypto space, is that, you know, Bitcoin's the center, you always... Uh, you know that irregardless of whatever news is going to happen it's taken on there there was a point in time maybe in 2013 2012 that you know if, if enough pressure came down it could have really saturated the system i mean you're not ever going to stop it i think everybody understands that but that could have been a very big price depression and maybe put it into like a 10 year long uh situation it, it's it's past that now when you have big institutions looking at it when you have large bankers speculating against its, you know, if it's worth anything or anything, it, it's out of the bag. People now, it's a matter of, if there was a quick way that wasn't going through the nightmare sometimes of trying to get Bitcoin through like Coinbase or where you're, you know, the, the mother test, right? Can my mother get it? Can somebody, how can I get it? You know, that's a lot of the questions that come to us and stuff. I want to buy it, but where can I get it? Do I have to go through this like week long process to get it? And, you know, I'm on live stream. ATM, which one? I'm just yelling at someone that doesn't understand oh, media yeah. production. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it, once those 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 pieces get opened up to where the common person can go anywhere and just get it without question, and that that interchange starts to really happen, then you can have that you know that real true logarithmic, and that's not even including the big bankers and folks that are that have big money, a wall money, looking to come into the space. Uh, and then, you know, the sea rises all boats type of thing. Yep. Um, and that's across all that crypto space. They're going to look at the assets that are actually particularly targeted and have development teams behind them and do, uh, you know, are trying to, you know, grow some other faith. That's why stuff like Ripple, uh, which isn't, shouldn't even be considered in the same class as, as being exposure and people are trading it. And, you know, it's a permissioned private uh, are, you know, permission public exchange and, you know, it has the right elements for certain kind of money to go into it and people 
speculate it and I'll raise the price, irregardless of what we think about it from the technology standpoint, how it is against the Bitcoin. And it's the same thing that kind of transcends into some of the other alternatives. Now, granted, you know, there's hundreds of them, thousands of them at this point now that are absolutely worthless. Um, but the, I mean, they serve no purpose. They were just forks uh, and jokes. Um, but there's some that are that are using some of that money to grow, you know, the technology. And I know I've watched a lot of stuff with your opinions on Ethereum, and there's a lot of issues with the smart contracts and stuff, um, for sure. I mean, from a mechanical standpoint, uh, a lot of open bugs and stuff that need to get through. But that's if you're dumping, if you're dumping your coins at market, who gives a shit? You if you're a miner, right? Gonna know that too. And I think if the intentions are right with, and they can solve some of the the very in, right now what looks like uh unsolvable type of issues um i think the intention the platforms that those are going to provide from an automation standpoint and uh um really changing the thing you know the, the underlying technology with even having the opportunity to hedge against that um it's a it's a different paradigm you know i couldn't hedge against the internet we hedged against companies on the internet um, but not from a platform standpoint, like a, a pass, you know, like a PAS or an infrastructure as a service. You know, we can we can hedge on that bet that it can make fundamental change, and in that people speculate the value, and then you can get in and out, uh, you know, following normal market dynamic stuff. So, so it's I an interesting paradigm, and I think as the younger generations are coming up. Um, through schooling and looking at something better, they're tired of listening to the old um, mantra of how things work when it comes to market and stuff. Um, you're going to see a lot more interest expand exponentially. <clears throat> so I'd like to I'd like to talk about stuff that I don't normally talk about on the stream because I think the people that are listening, um, I, I'd like to talk about stuff that I'm repeating because I saw you put your headset on, <laughs> and I don't know how good your hearing is without mm -hmm. it on. Uh, I, I think yeah. that people watching the stream now have already hold, heard my positions on mm -hmm. altcoins and, you know, Ethereum and all that stuff. So I'd like to talk about stuff that I'm not used to talking about that these guys Absolutely. may not have heard about, which is your stuff, right? So I don't like most people realize this, but I got into Bitcoin as a miner. So mm -hmm. I was running overclocked 5970s back when Artforce first wrote the, the GPU miner. And, you know, then I switched to 6950s and, you know, custom mm -hmm. BIOS mods, overclocking, putting giant fans on them, seeing how many I could fit in a case, like on down the list, right? So, I mean, I was mining mm -hmm. almost at the moment that uh, it switched from CPU to, GP CPU to GPU. I think I might have been a month or a month and a half late, something like that. So... And even earlier this year, I was mining Zcash because, you know, I used to be a gamer and I had a lot of NVIDIA cards. Mm -hmm. And NVIDIA cards have, uh, they suck at mining all cryptos except Zcash because Zcash is a, is a very odd algorithm. So you've got mm -hmm. uh, algorithms that only care about uh, operations in the, the core of the GPU. And then you've got algorithms yep. that are memory hard that do better... Uh, the more memory you have. So like if you go under a certain amount of memory, it's near, like it totally sucks to mine. But as long as you have mm -hmm. that minimum amount of memory, so like S-Crypt, which a lot of people call script, is a memory hard uh, mining algo. Mm -hmm. And then they invented a new mining algo based on the Cuckoo cycle, which is uh, 
like birthday collisions, basically. And it is unique because it's based on mining late. It's based on memory latency. So it's not based on memory mass size. It's not based on processing power. It actually scales based on latency. And so a 1080 Ti, or rather a 1080 is slower mining Zcash than a 1070 because the 1080 has a larger bandwidth of RAM, but a higher latency. Whereas the 1070 using GDDR, GDDR5 instead of GDDR5X has a lower bandwidth, but lower latency and therefore mines Zcash faster. Now, I was a retarded idiot for doing that because one, it's a pre-mined shit coin with a 25, a 20% founder's tax and an undetectable inflation rate and a trusted setup that there's absolutely no reason for you to trust. You don't know that they did that right. And you'll never know because it's not knowable, right? So, you know, and, and if the coin works, then you can just fork it anyway. And so I mined a fork for a while as well. Um, and then that fork failed due to marketing problems. So, and then even doing all that, it was still retarded. I, you should have just bought Bitcoin, right? Like I didn't learn my lesson. So like I've always known that mining is not as, as financially effective as just buying coins, but it's so much fun and you get to overclock and you get to like push every limit of your computer. You know, it's fun mm -hmm. and it's great onboarding to get people into the ecosystem, but financially it's fucking yeah. stupid. Like it's, it's, you're just not gonna, like it's better than holding cash, but it's not as good as holding coins. Yeah, at, at big scale. I mean, so it's it's always been, I mean, it's, it's went to kind of a big scale thing for us, obviously, for really testing out the different options that are there and looking at the standard configuration, you know, six card, eight card, eight. It, it's gone kind of crazy now with like 19 card boards and stuff. And we're working on an episode to really kind of point people to say, you know, for all kinds of reasons, it's probably not a good idea to go 19 cards and one board for um, not just the financial piece of it, but you know, the, to onboard people to get people part of the ecosystem, the part of it was the void that was there in the space. And you mining early, we mined very early. As a, I mean, me personally, I was doing folding at home and study at home and stuff because I just like to dork yeah, out. Yeah, me too. Stuff, right? I used to do that too. And I used to do folding. I, I found Bitcoin very early. I mean, very very early, um, like end of nine, beginning of two thousand ten. Uh, found just the space in general cryptography ki you know found bitcoin didn't understand it a lot found that i could actually start to use cpus and gpus to actually mine it got on the slushes pool real early and started doing it actually made some videos and we're we're putting together kind of a collage video from our 2010 through when we made the channel uh in 2013 to kind of show because we were like there wasn't a lot of information and if unless you were like almost a cs major to understand how to get into it um, it was kind of hard. I mean, there was, it wasn't really easy, um, to get into the, the mining side of it. So by 2013, when it really started, it, you started talking all coins, feather coin, Litecoin, script coins, we're like, there, there's a void, uh, in the space with really trying to just show what, what's possible. You know, you have all these companies that are reviewing stuff. You have Linus and a few other big YouTubers, like barely touch it and not do a very good justice. Um, just cause it's not their, their space. And, you know, by that time we started doing some mining and we said, you know what, let's, let's, let's make a channel. Um, and, you know, try to educate people on how to get into like the understanding of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general and have fun doing it. And then it kind of expanded into like 
the invest the initial investments we put in there, which were pretty decently sizable, you know, really netted a pretty decent out, you know, after I think it was February of maybe 13 into 14. Uh, this is, I mean, prior to uh, Butterfly Labs and all that kind of stuff. Like we bought jalapenos and all that stuff. We were probably one of the rare few people that actually got a few of them. Um, and then, uh, you know, that we just really wanted to expand that that exposure to, you know, the space, you know, and just, I, I, I've always looked at, I mean, from my background as a technologist, you know, at the time, and I was a delivery manager for software development team. So, you know, Scrum Master had people doing iterative development, deliveries, you know, that do a lot of presentations, that do big presentations. And I'm like, there's nobody in this space that can really explain it right now. You know at that time and we just kind of expanded it and it's it's continued on just because irregardless of where these coins are and their big huge flaws i look at it from a there's development effort on a, a several teams trying to move the technology and, and you know there's there's bad portions of it people that have probably malintent and then there's folks that are trying to just, they don't know what they're working, right? They just know that it, it, that they're on the bleeding edge of it and it could manifest into something. And then you have the groups that are very targeted. They have a, a roadmap, they have a plan, they have a vision that might be kind of out there, but, um, and then you got the, the big corporations now setting on top that are looking at, okay, how can we use this? And asking the right question. I'm kind of, split between the two the two like from a hobby standpoint from a channel standpoint i try to you know make sure people if they want to get into it for one graphics card two graphics cards granted we go through all kinds of graphics cards and technology but so really I'd, from just pulling people into the space you know, i'd love to talk to you about specifics about absolute same perspective there that if knowing what we know now we apply that knowledge going forward you should buy crypto <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's no doubt there. You should hedge on, especially Bitcoin and some of the other major currencies that are that are getting a lot of exposure, even as the tech is being, you know, refined over and over and over on on the tech, um, getting updates and seeing where things go. Now, people can totally mess that up. Right. I mean, and make it go south. <clears throat> but, you know, getting people into the space and, you know, or, you know, and if it gets them a little bit of crypto and starts to understand part of our, my issue with it is then I've, I've gotten people to go out to Coinbase, buy coins. They bring it local because, you know, there's a fork and then they screw it up and they forget a password or something. The penalty for failure in the space is pretty hard, right? So I'm like, you know, Hedge your graphics card for a week. Get a small incremental amount of something like Kubik or you know Zcash or you know any of the other currencies, and understand the the transaction space. Understand what a ledger is. Understand what this how this stuff works in a small case, and then go. You can scale up and then invest instead of spending nine thousand dollars on a crazy 1080 Ti rig. You could you know just buy an extra graphics card, hedge it for gaming or something on the side, and then you know run it at night um in a lower efficiency mode you know that kind of stuff so you know it just gets people if they're messing with the tech if they're if, you know understanding how the stuff works um they get a better entry into understanding the technology behind it because they're trying to configure stuff they're trying to understand how is it working 
um, versus just as easy as you can go buy it and then lose it or not have that appreciation with the technology. We're just trying to elevate that understanding in a different way than not just education um, into what the crypto space could do, what it can it do mechanically and how does it work. So, I mean, that's been part of the, the whole drive that we've been doing this whole time. So I'd like to talk to you about I'd, I'd like to talk to you about specifics because mm. the token that I am working on will be mined mm. and it's a unique, I believe, extremely unique setup. So right now we've got Bitcoin and Bitcoin does dual round SHA-256 and has evolved to the point where it is only profitable to do it on dedicated ASIC hardware which is useful for not very much else than Bitcoin and coins that are forked from it that are worth a lot less. I mean, there might be a couple other ASIC things out there, but the majority of the, the financial volume, the vast majority comes from Bitcoin, the real one. So the upside to that is that if you want to attack the network from a 51% perspective, it is more expensive to do so because if you destroy the value of the network, you also destroy the value of your mining hardware for the most part. Whereas if you use a ASIC resistant algorithm, such as a memory hard algorithm, then it reduces your attack cost to attack the network through that vector because upon successful 51% or other crappy hash based attack, you can resell your equipment because it is useful for doing other things. Now, my perspective is that these networks, for the most part, do not get attacked through that vector, and thus they are oversecured. They're currently being attacked through social vectors and political vectors, and having more hash rate does not much to solve those particular things. So I'm, I would be very excited if my token performed the activity of doing useful proof of work. So, you know, doing wasteful proof of work is the maximum secure. However, we're over secure because the attacks don't come from that vector anyway. And doing useful proof of work would make the world a better place. So if you, if you go on YouTube and you search SpaceX, they're building rockets and they're building things that will land humans on Mars. And they cannot build those things without modeling them in a computational fluid dynamics supercomputer, period. That's it. There's no building of rockets in the year 2017 without computational fluid dynamics modeling, period, at all, right? Because it would be very, very expensive when your hundred, several hundred million dollar rocket explodes or vibrates to death or doesn't function aerodynamically or temperature wise the way that you thought it would. So right now, if you want to do computational fluid dynamics work, you have to buy extremely expensive software and then it takes an extremely long time to run the jobs and there's a huge monopoly in the space. So one company has 90% market share. That sucks. Monopolies aren't good and it's not good for the world and it's not helping us make progress. And the solution to that is to attach a token to improving the models, improving the math, 
improving uh, the algebra that gets done that you build up into your CFD model to, to recreate reality digitally, right? And that doesn't exist right now. So the, the model is this. Everyone that's got a CPU and a GPU, they can either mine for free on all the stuff on Boink stats, or they can mine for profit on uh, their coin of choice. I could just start listing coins, but I'm sure people can figure out what's mineable and what's not. Uh, and the end result of those activities are you're going to make some tokens and the tokens are going to have a market value and your house is going to get hotter and your components are going to fail. And some people have fires. There's downsides to it. Now, if people were willing to accept those same risks and utilize that same capital, uh, you know, a processor is able to do useful work. That's a capital good. Uh, you know, a, a mm -hmm. GPU is a capital good. It's able to perform useful work. And so if we can rotate all of these GPUs and CPUs out of doing bullshit into doing something useful, making the world a better place, and people could make even more money on it because we don't, we don't only have the tokenomics isn't crypto awesome, check out this cool new thing, hype stuff. We have a real retail market of at least a billion dollars a year of real modeling that gets done by professionals that wanna build extremely expensive, awesome things in the real world. So as long as we get retail adoption, and even if we don't, it, it should be able to rotate vast swaths of the wasted proof of work, which is totally oversecured, into useful proof of work. Miners will make more money. People that wanna do engineering, their jobs will get done quicker because it's being subsidized by uh, the hype and the awesomeness of cryptocurrencies, right? And uh, people will have a financial reason to build better open source math solutions. So our engineers have a GUI, and they have a little slider. And they say, here's my model. Tell me what this is gonna do in the real world. These are the temperatures, these are the shapes. This is what the materials are. They give that to the job server. The job server's got the super, my partner's a rocket scientist, a literal mm -hmm. rocket scientist with 250 patents polymath badass. I, I, I looked at his PDF for this stuff. I'm a decently smart guy. I don't understand half of it. I'm not a physicist and I don't know about time marching, discretization, meshing of, uh, it's, it's outside. If, like if you don't have the Navier-Stokes algorithms memorized, you ain't gonna understand none of this stuff, right? So that- Well, he's a subject matter expert, right? Yeah, like unless you're a physicist or a rocket scientist, I don't think you're going to understand the core tech, but that's fine. You don't have to. You just have to understand yeah. the job that we give you. And the job that we give you is, here's the model, comes into the job server. It's got a little slider that says you want this done faster or slower. Job server splits it into parts, and those parts get mined by open source uh, matrix inverters like uh, Super LU. And which means lower upper, it's a, it's a, it's a way to factor uh, algebraic equations. So, you know, right now there's no financial incentive for anyone to improve that open source project. But if that project is what you use to mine our token to make the world a better place, now people will have a token reason to make that software better, just like they made SHA-256 hashing better, just like they solved Cuckoo algorithms better because of Zcash, right?
So if you incentivize and tokenize positive social change and positive development, you, you cure a tragedy of the commons, which is right now, open source software gets its ass kicked, can't hire the best devs, can't uh, advertise because no one makes money on it getting better. You just throw in your time away. Oh, mm -hmm. look, I made this better. Maybe someone will notice one day, maybe. Fuck that. We're gonna give them a token yeah. reason to make the world a better place. Well, I mean, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people that do like a lot of open source software. So, I mean, most of the open source, open source software in general anyways, comes from a lot of those, you know, very well-educated uh, people that have spent almost their life's work and have day jobs, right? So you have to still live. So, I mean, I, I think that having, it's, it's taking something that's out there right now and really elevating it to a, a, a needed product. And then um, I would say from a success rate would be really just having something that's very small and modeled that functions and does what you're asking at a, at a very small scale. And then how to really, I think the, the size of, of spreading it out and then having an infinite amount of different types of technology um, being able to process, you know, the request essentially of what, what you're saying um, is probably the long pole on that. More the, the technology, you know, localized, but having it out there and, and spread out in a tokenary fashion where you're actually having the out across all the, you know, the network. Uh, I mean, I, I, I need to research what you're what you're talking about. Um, well, I mean, I could tell you an equivalent. So an equivalent I, I, would I mean, be you covered like three different things, you know, infrastructure, the platform and the software yeah. as a service all in one, which is some of the the what a lot of the tokens are trying to do. Um, but this from a proof of effort uh, versus proof of work, you know, from the security side. Um, well, I, I think that's, I can that's I can like make analogies for you that I think will make it easier to understand. So mm -hmm. right now there's already an open source protocol spec for miners mm -hmm. communicating with pools. It's called Stratum, right? Yep. So Sweet. you can build whatever miner you want and it'll work with whatever pool you want as long as it speaks the Stratum protocol, right? So what we have now is a world where miners are not running full nodes. They're just doing the jobs that Stratum is telling them to do and Correct. trusting that the pool is gonna reward them. And that exists because of variance with the difficulties being too high that as a solo miner, you could never ever get a block reward ever on your own because there's just too many participants right. in the system. So you have to buy down your variance by sharing some of the revenue with the pool, increasing centralization, blah, blah, blah. So in this model, the pool is our super sauce CFD job server. So we're the only pool, right? Mm -hmm. And we could federate that over time and do multi-sig and, and I've got a bunch of fancy ways to introduce decentralization into the system as we get traction, mm -hmm. but it's the wrong way to put that stuff before traction because security is only as useful as you're being attacked and being attacked only happens as much as there's a value to attacking you. And so security and decentralization should scale with adoption if you're intelligent. So the job pools that are currently stratum mm -hmm. would be replaced with our CFD server, and then on their clients, they wouldn't be running like a closed source miner like Claymore that gets a fee, but still ends up making people more money because it's so optimized, right? So instead mm -hmm. of running Claymore or EQM, or uh, I could list the different miner solutions for all these different coins, right? 
you would just run a matrix inversion software like super LU or one that you wrote or one that you forked or one that we gave you. It's just algebra, right? So yeah. And so, I mean, what you're, what you're saying is taking something like SETI at home. A, a, a very package. similar. Or, I mean, so all the very traditional literature, everybody else that's listening understands them. I mean, so I got, I got the cryptocurrency piece of it, right? I understand that part of it. So the, the reason those projects failed is right? because so, they did security I mean, too, a little too weak. Kind of constructs were updating ledger. Um, based on all that stuff, we're all fighting for the, you know, the token to be able to mint the next block. I got all that, right? So what I'm trying to understand is how the distribution model in this particular thing can differentiate the if all of the miners that are participating on the network are working on the same set of package, right? They're so not. Think of it They're all working on different ones. They all work. So the difference... The, the difference is in a hash-based model, everyone's working on the same exact problem. They all want to extend the chain another block. So everyone is dedicating all of their hash power in the same wasteful way to find a leading number of zeros on a hash. And right. so in that model, everyone's workload is the last block, basically. Now you could say a portion of their workload mm -hmm. is the mempool, but you don't actually need to include transactions. So that's optional. You know, if you, if you want to roll transactions into your next mm -hmm. block, you can and enjoy the fees, but you don't have to. And a lot of empty blocks get mined. So the difference between that model, which everyone understands, and this model is that the job server is not going to give the same problem to everyone. Now in a traditional boink system, they can't trust that you gave a good answer so they have to do it three times, hope they don't get Sybil attacked, where people lie and then get three people to collision attack you and, and lie and you think it's the truth because three different people said the same thing, but they actually, all three of them were lying. So in this system, we don't have to do triplicate quorum sensing because we can mathematically verify the answer quickly. We don't need to, it, it's, it's verifiable by math. I don't need a quorum of other people to be able to lie to me about it. So it's, it's great from that perspective, from an efficiency perspective. Part of the algorithm, I mean. Right. I mean, if I give you an algebra problem, if I give you an algebra problem and you solve it, I can check the answer. It's, mm -hmm. it's cool. Mm -hmm. So the next issue is, you know, how do you make sure people don't take jobs and never do them? Well, I could make it a race and only reward the guy that gets it back first. But then there's a lot of people that wasted effort. I don't like that style. I could make people, uh, for larger jobs that have a certain class, I could make them put a little bond, right? So you mine the lower class jobs at low, low latency to get enough money. And then you can use that little earning as a bond to, to make sure that you're actually doing the work that you're handed. You're not, you're not locking up jobs and slowing down the system by not finishing them, right? Or I could, uh, I could, so we've got, they lock up a bond by doing a simple problem or they, leave a, they get money by doing a simple problem that then they can use as a bond to make sure they do the work. Or once you've built up reputation over time, I know you're good. I'm just going to trust you. Right? So we scale you into trust. So you start off untrusted. You can only work on crappy stuff or unless you just want to pay for a bond, right? Just lock up the tokens. Then you can buy your right to do good ass work. No problem. And then once I know you're legit, I don't really need to hold your bond anymore. So we scale you into trust. And that's the way we get around 
uh, people grabbing jobs and not doing them, people trying to create um, artificially weak jobs and trying to get a reward somehow that the economics don't work out like that attack doesn't that attack doesn't work out. So I'm pretty sure I've got an awesome way to solve open source development and improve open source algebra solvers and give engineers tools to model and build things in the real world that don't currently exist. And all of this stuff is not even thinking about the fact that my, my get rocket scientist buddy, his solution actually does stuff other software can't do, like multi-phase flow and more accurate, and it doesn't make assumptions about boundary conditions, and it doesn't make assumptions about viscosities. And that stuff's super, super important if you want an accurate model. So you can make something really pretty that looks good, but then when you find out that it was just pretty, right? It's like these softwares that- It's, uh, it's gotta prove it out. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's gonna be a set of standards with any of that modeling in general. I mean, now we're getting, we're getting more into the solution side of my background, which is my professional career side. But I mean, it's, so in any of those type of things that you're talking about in general is, I mean, you have the problem you're trying to go on your attack and, and there's gonna be, especially since something like that exists and it is a 90% market share, there's gonna be a set of standards that you have to achieve and hit, right? And so there's gonna be a, at least a basic uh, set of series of tests that this could prove out. Well, the distribution model and involving people and making it as a something that GPU miners and CPU miners and all that thing, that initial just getting it out there and even working through some of the, the stuff that we were just talking about with like how, who's gonna handle what package, how are you gonna, do the package control is it going to be through an oracle how is that that stuff can all be figured out as part of that onboarding and just working through it right with the visions out there the roadmaps out there the tensions are out there and getting some level of critical mass behind it um, i mean that that's if you look at any of the current coin projects even just laying that out and saying here is our iterative plan and here's the things we got to go run down um that is essentially what's going on on the business side right now on you know if i put the business hat on and look at blockchain tech in general of looking at they hear the crypto side they understand the incentive model that how crypto is manifest and really onboarded a, a, an entire ecosystem of generation to, to say this is a better way and here's why and we don't have to you know you don't have to trust us here you do it right and, and see it taking you know any of those projects that are becoming successful that are trying to be you know spearheaded in the in the business side with any kind of critical mass where companies are putting r&d towards it are essentially asking those same things they're they're laying out like what are we trying to accomplish what is this gonna uh, you know uh, how can we best leverage you know the current technology and look at or a lot of it's you know on the private side but this stuff's going to come just like we're seeing the bitcoin price it's going to explode it's going to come into the the public space a lot faster than you can believe because I mean look at that incentive motive they have to say although I don't I don't need to go build a data center I could go build a really slick piece of software that incentivizes participation and just make it public and now all the processing stuff's going to be done through just this incentive model that's going to have its own speculative cost I mean that's the stuff that the regulators never you're kind of freaking out with at the end of the day is because they're like you know the big companies could fund exactly what you're trying to do too to say, I want to do this distributed stuff and I don't have to go have all this hardware to compete. I could actually use all the people that are having their own hardware and their own, and like a hive cluster, right? And I mean, that's the kind of R&D stuff that's, that's in the, the back corners of, you know, 
all these big companies and stuff looking at it, right? I mean, I mean, as a solutions person, I mean, I look at it from just like, how can I take existing current uh, known known problems on transparency on just the stuff that's really causing a lot of social unrest and all that kind of stuff and figure out how can we make some of the bigger uh, systems better? Um, because at the end of the day, people are just getting tired of the way a lot of things are being ran, right? And, you know, the, the, the governments, the larger companies and stuff, I mean, you still have some of the older ones that are not going to change and, and are going to, you know, pick kind of like Jamie Dimon's, oh, it's, it's a flaw and then buy the dips and stuff. But you're going to have a lot, there's a lot of them out there right now trying to do this exact thing, looking at how to hedge uh, the tech and answer some of these problems. I think that what you're talking about is, is phenomenal. I think that's kind of what the, uh, the basic concept of some of the, uh, the IOC, you know, our ICO tokens and stuff have tried to do same distributed supercomputing and all that. But I mean, actually going in and attacking it, I mean, uh, understanding that you're you're trying to get the right, you know, a subject matter expert on it, and you're setting forth a plan and you're asking the right questions on it and stuff. That's that's huge. And I think the more transparent on your path on that, that you're going to have the entire community behind you on it. I mean, you'll have. I mean, we have, uh, you know army of hardware that that you know we look at trying to onboard and, and let people know what they can do with it you know from different coins and stuff like that and then you know there's that that techie side it's like half really ecosystem growth uh you know by you know making sure people understand all the different alt currencies and bitcoin and all that and then part of it's just like hey what's a radeon 56 do right you know because i like the tech side I and mean, that's kind of the where it came came into the ho the hobby you know i see people like Jay's two cents and some of the other big YouTubers and they're very focused on gaming and all that. And I'm like, no, nah, I want to see what this thing can crunch numbers. I want to see it model what you're talking about. Uh, I want to see my contribution in that. And I get paid for it too. That's awesome. Right. So that, that kind of concept in general, I think is, is catching on more. Um, I think it's just that gap what I need to do from a social responsibility. And I'm seeing this now with the 19 part board from a social responsibility. I got to make sure people understand like, Hey, you know, this isn't a get rich quick, there's been situations over time that people that had hardware made money and theoretically if one of those coins really take uh, a huge lift and you've been mining it that's great too but from a, a normal investment standpoint be smart about it and you know hedge across a couple different currencies that you believe in and you know it's something like this that's trying to tackle a, pro a social problem directly head-on I think is is great and um, well we got it a little you know, bit easier more, than most people but, you know, because you know, the software's already done. The software, the hard part, the actual mm -hmm. hard part, it's already done. So the CFD code has already generated $60 million valuation startups mm -hmm. using the output. It's done jobs for NASA. It's done jobs for giant clients because mm -hmm. my rocket scientist, rocket scientist co-founder that wrote it mm -hmm. has been using it to consult for giant companies for a long time. So that part is already tried and true, tested, 150,000 lines of code complete. And the only parts it needs are the GUI, which is open source, the network, which we can grab a lot of open source parts for, right? A lot of the token stuff's already done. I'm basically just gluing together parts here. There's not actually a ton of innovation that needs done. And I'm more than happy to do that because the CFD code's still closed source and the pool still maintains the margin so I can let everyone improve everything around it. You can improve the solvers. You can improve the GUI. Everybody can make everything better 
And we don't need to be a, a cryptocurrency either. We can let the blockchain guys do the blockchain thing right. And all I need to do is make the job server work properly, right? And all the other software is pretty much done for me. Like, I love it. There's something else I wanted to say. So I, I just bought a bunch of servers, so to speak, because, God, I love hardware. And uh, when I found out that the i7-8700Ks would overclock to 5.1 gigahertz on air at about 87 Celsius max, and that they wouldn't be available in good quantities until maybe uh, next year, like 2018, I locked up my 8700Ks with quickness, right? So I love fastest single core on the planet. Love it. I love uh, the uh, triple M2 slots. So I had to search very hard to find a triple M2 slot that also had 10 gigabit ethernet and dual Intel LAN, all of it, right? Like dream come true. Uh, yeah, now, so I was thinking to myself, should I get smaller PCIe NVMe M2 drives and RAID zero them? Or should I have the more reliability probably lower latency but lower mm. mass throughput and i decided to go single with it so the reason mm. i'm going single on those is because one i don't have to worry about raid zero failure on the motherboard level mm. two i don't have to worry about startup latency right for checking okay are you ready mm -hmm. are you ready are you ready okay now we can start right and mm -hmm. uh it's You're also more throttled anyways right and i'm I mean, most of those applications, if you watch, if you watch, I mean, we, we do that with, uh, uh, I mean, so like, you know, doing video, like, uh, you know, any kind of 4K video, I got real tired of the 6950, um, not really, I mean, taking forever, you know, we were using a couple of Titans, we were using 1080 Ti's, and we had the 960 Evo uh, Pros, the M2, um, the 512s, and the one uh, terabyte ones, and we tried to both uh, rig zero and regular and bottom line, we just, the application throttles it. I mean, you can see it spike and then it just sits there and tells off no matter if it was rig zero or not, it always hit like the theoretical limit of whatever the application was telling it. And when we tried to do some registry hacks on that, you know, did some Google search and figuring out like, why the hell this thing's supposed to be 3,500 megabytes per second. Why the hell am I not getting anything over 80, 90? You'll hit uh, throttles too. You'll hit thermal throttle as well. If you keep it under sustained load, you got to heat sink the PC. You've got to heat sink the M2 drives as well because they hit thermal throttle if they run full out for about a minute. Mm -hmm. So you got to put an aluminum heat sink yeah, on them. Yeah, the new Republican Gaming actually has the, the main M2 underneath the heat sink. So it actually, it, you know, it's got an air cool over it. it it's just, it, we try to do a registry hack, it just crashed all the time. You know, like you saw it spike up 350, 800, you know, 800 megabit per second, and then it would just crash. And, so and so, another. I mean, you're, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I I, I okay. just think that you're uh, it, as long as you're going with just the fastest one out there, you're going to be the RAID zero did nothing that we can yeah. tell at all. Short of the synthetic fake test yep. that you can just run to say, hey, it hits yep. six thousand megabytes. Yep, I, I agree with all that. The, I I think I made the right decision going with non RAID zero. Now I could also RAID one it, and but I I really shouldn't have to because. It's better to scale like Google does. You're better off with more commodity hardware and scaling in the software routing layer than you are trying to build retardedly expensive, you know, non-commodity servers. They just, they don't scale as well monetarily. I mean, if, if, if in a consumer piece of hardware, you have the fastest 
possible single core response and the maximum amount of bandwidth for your, you've got four PCI lanes that'll do your 3.8 gigahertz, or rather gigabyte, gigabit a second read and write to the PCIe uh, RAM, not RAM, N NVRAM, whatever the flash memory is called. And then, uh, you know, like what, what's left? Like the only thing that's missing from this commodity hardware is tons of lanes. And you don't really need tons of lanes. Like, like particularly, like for instance, if you were using these as miners, you only need an X1 lane because you're just transmitting the job and then all the hard work happens in the GPU and then it just transmits the, res the response. You do not need X16 bandwidth for mining at all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's easy to use consumer boards that don't have, you know, 48, 64 lanes of PCIe dedicated to their slots because you're never going to use it. They're never going to get saturated, right? Yeah. So I'm saying uh, consumer I, hardware is I mean, awesome. I, I really like it. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, you know, looking at a lot of that hardware, and we've tried to we've tried to expand the channel with not just doing, I mean, because, I mean, how many, how many videos about mining whatever coin you want to talk about can you make, you know, short of just like, hey, this one card does this, you know, so we've really tried to look at it, um, especially with scaling up. When we first started the channel, we were making about one a month. It was all produced. Um, and it was like, I got into doing more live streams because I just saw like as, as when Ethereum popped people into the space, I mean, our channel really went up. We kind of went dormant for like nine months because it just wasn't a lot to talk about on it. And I didn't want to, it was this, again, that's that kind of like social um, responsibility piece. I don't want to, if it makes no economic sense, at that point in time, after Litecoin and all that kind of split, GPU mining by and large was kind of a, a dead art by and large. Um, if you did and you continued to mine, uh, you know, certain coins, uh, mainly Litecoin, but that was already kind of switched to, to ASIC until Ethereum came on in uh, 2015, you know, September 2015, there was no real thing to mine that that even now, if you would have mined it, we have done, we did the math, but if you would have mined it like, uh, March or uh, March through May of 14 through September of 15, and then carried September 15 to where it popped for Ethereum, which was, uh, you know, uh, another almost year later when it really went up to, you know, over $20 a coin. The coins that you would have been mining, like Feathercoin and Vertcoin and all that stuff, if you would have done the math on how much money you would have spent on hardware and stuff, it would have never paid off, ever. So it, we stepped the channel down at that point and said, you know, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it is going to only go ASIC at this point. And then, you know, when we came back. It was mainly due to the fact that, you know, obviously Ethereum really took it up. It was GP mine coin, and economically, it made sense. Like, okay, there's a purpose, there's a point, you know, to do this. Um, well, it's going to be coming to an end soon, right? Scale, Are they going to fork you guys out of uh, out of business, kind of? The which one? Isn't Plasma going to fork you guys out of business a little bit? Uh, They're going proof of work, ain't they? Yeah, I mean... I mean proof of stake, I mean, rather. Right now, it all comes down to, uh, one, if you make the coin, obviously. Uh, it, no, I so am. What it comes it's down happening. To is, I think <laughs> that, that there's other currencies out there that are looking at proof of work. I think everybody agrees that proof of work in general... Um, anything that allows distribution of that effort, there's a there's a rationale for it. And I think people 
will continue to make currencies that will be mined. I don't think from a quick get rich quick scale, you know, type of scale that um, you're going to see the expanse that we did with Ethereum right now. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense right now unless you have, a, you know, something like what you're talking about or a proof of effort type of thing that you look at a company that says, you know, we're going to do exactly what Richard's doing right now. We're going to build a proof of effort algorithm that we're going to hedge. We're going to take all that capital cost that we spend 20, $30 million a quarter on cloud, and we're going to distribute it out to the world, and we want to do it at scale. And they send out a piece of software that people can download, and now you're hedging your equipment. That kind of model is not a far stretch. Um, from a distributed computing. I mean, you look at people that are looking at it from a green standpoint, from all this other, but it's gonna come down to somebody has to answer exactly what you brought up of like, well, who's gonna get the job? Yep. Because well, we all are working on the same thing isn't gonna make a lot of sense, you know? So you're gonna have yep. to have a reputation thing. You're gonna have to have some reason for somebody to participate. Yep. And you know, you can see, I can see from just my vantage point from a solution side that, well, does that become a new certificate authority that you can get a license for the software and to participate, then you can get paid and that's a new way to make a job. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that like that. There's 10 different ways to do it. Right. I mean, yeah. it, they all work like it, it, how many cryptocurrencies have straight up failed and how many cryptocurrencies haven't. And I think you're going to see a lot less failure than you would expect. Mm -hmm. You can't kill these fucking things. They just don't die. So even if you were a complete Doge, idiot, Doge life, right? yeah, like even if you were a complete idiot, if you have some technical OPSEC, like it, it's good. You're good to go, right? So I'm more than happy to add my project with some secret sauce competitive advantage stuff that you, you can't fork, you can't copy. It's literal breakthrough stuff from a rocket scientist. You know, I'm more than happy to add it to the pool of things that people can mine and that pool is already 30, 50 deep. And, uh, I think most of them are just wasting their effort differently. I think that one that has not waste, if it has adoption or even if it doesn't, it's going to make an impact, particularly since I'm pretty sure it's ASIC resistant and therefore the miners will always be able to play it. And I can't proof of stake it. I can't fork you guys out. The work is hard to do and will always be and has to actually be done and can't be replaced with mm -hmm. proof of stake. Yeah, I mean, most of all the currencies, because they're only doing proof of work, right, could all go to proof of stake if they wanted to, to go down that road. Because you're only, I mean, you could do almost everything that's being done through, on a node, like right? a uh, Raspberry Pi. You don't need the hardware. And that's part of that, you know, that knowledge gap that we see people like, well, Mike, uh, you're just making, you're just another version that's making a, a, a validation chasing the last block. You're securing the network through the proof of work algorithm, but you're essentially working on the same thing everybody else is. Yep. They're um, just, they're so all that, the that different flavor of same ice cream, like vanilla, 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 yep. bean, vanilla, 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 lightly different. Like, yeah. It's yeah. almost like fake differentiation, you know? It's like going to a frat party and everyone has the same spiked hair and pop collar. And you're like, hey, do you guys all go to the same stylist? What's going on around here? There's a lot of fake tan going around here. Uh, well, I mean, so on the on the algorithm side and the actual doing the work side from the from the way mining works, absolutely, right? 
the I think the obviously the speculation part is of whatever their effort that they're they're working or they're trying to solve it does that make sense and do people believe in that that path I mean there's you look at Monero and, and you look at some of the other currencies the Zcash and all of them have their flaws right I mean we're all seeing that but that's software in general so it's like what are they trying to do to fix those flaws can they fix it and we haven't even reached, and this will probably be its own episode in itself, into deep learning and AI, right? And and really applying those algorithms on some of those solutions to figure out different um, answers to some of those solutions. And the, the well-funded projects, if they were smart, would be looking at some of that stuff to try to answer some of those questions. Yeah, I think I think but, AI um, is, is a little bit harder because they have special uh, FPGAs for mm -hmm. TensorFlow so Google has their own hardware solution that accelerates mm -hmm. TensorFlow operations, which is a, you know, a format to do machine learning. And mm -hmm. if you want, I mean, you, you can't buy them. You can't go to Newegg and buy a TensorFlow processor. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I, I think that proof of work miners with GPUs and CPUs and commodity hardware uh, are going to find a good home with uh you know all the proof of work vanilla 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 hashing stuff and with my mm -hmm. useful work stuff and uh probably at some point maybe not the ai stuff because you know google doesn't bust out mm -hmm. custom hardware silicon unless there's a decent performance advantage to doing so and so that's one of those places where mm -hmm. you know ai might get taken over by that specific ASIC solution. It's a possibility. It's much more likely than general computation that, you know, like if, the, if you could solve CFD problems with an ASIC, I would see them mm -hmm. for sale and I would see them in, uh, in videos, you know, mm -hmm. but they don't have that. Well, I so. mean, they just got to take that R and D. Yeah. yeah, they got to take that R&D and they, if they want to invest in it, I mean, I don't think, I think anything that somebody wants to make could create an FPGA or an ASIC for it, and even with memory harding, I mean, GDR5, GDR5X, HBM, HBM2, all that kind of stuff could be added to an ASIC. You're just exponentially in the cost, and it probably doesn't make sense because there's already a platform out there that have them. Um, but, you know, in, in, any of that general technology and those expansion of that technology. Um, it, out of curiosity. Yeah, I mean, since... I think that's the question that the, the graphics card companies are really trying to answer right now of like, it, you know, I, we've reached out to AMD directly. We've reached out to NVIDIA directly a couple of times and just said, you know, you know, what's, you send all this stuff from a review standpoint. So this is putting the YouTube hat back on just from a review standpoint saying, you know, what, what, we're not your target audience, but you know, I know from just the participation that we have in from just looking at our viewers, looking at, cause we do well, we recently started doing Amazon affiliate stuff it's like a six to one ratio when people look at the stuff that we're doing. So, I mean, like from the tech, let's, let's figure out and a solution that isn't screwing over the gamers or whatever, you know, but that doesn't make sense. Like mining cards that have no IO and, and you're still charging the same price, you know, something that allows people to participate in this space, solving, you know, proof of work and has a rationale that isn't, you know, like, Oh, those, dark crypto miners that are down in, you know, their basements making stuff and all. I mean, there's, there's a market for it. Um, and, you know, bring that relative cost down. Um, the, the power, you know, let's answer the power problem because it is very wasteful, you know, from a power standpoint. 
I mean, it's gotten better, but it's still, I mean, I got 30 amp connections behind me, you know, like, and using 10,000, 12,000 watts, you know, kilowatt hours a month, you know. Uh, Don't you wish you lived in Venezuela or China? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm in the Midwest and it's not the cheapest. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not as bad as like a coast. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, but you know, I, I think that tokenization is going to continue to increase the efficiency of the planet by getting hardware that could be doing work, but isn't to start doing work. Now, currently it makes the world a little bit worse because it's wasteful on purpose. It's awesome, it's great, it works. There's a lot of waste in the system it's replacing. I support proof of work systems. I would also be okay with a lot of hardware coming online for useful, make the world better stuff. Absolutely. Even with a reduced security model, uh, less trustlessness, that's fine, that's fine. It's still a great deal, you know? I mean, what's, what's your maximum risk I don't think it's that much because if you're getting paid in a token on another blockchain anyway, the token's fine. Mm -hmm. You got your reward. You can't get screwed, right? The job server died. All right, well, mine something else. Job server stays up. Oh, yeah, make money. I, I think one of the, especially <clears throat> talking about the security part of it, the part that people are, that really miss, and I, I see this, I guess, from the other vector point when I put the solution hat on, is if, if the reduction in secure, how do I want to say this? If the reduction in security came down because you could do less proof of work, it, I, I agree with you for the fact that it is, there's, that attack vector hasn't been broached. And I mean, they have the absolute incentive to broach it when you look at the cost, right? The, the stuff out there, and it still hasn't. Um, so you only really have two things. You have the, the, the value of it to transfer value potential and then you have if things really spread out into blockchain with regards to information became systems of record, right? I deal with a lot of systems of record, right? And that's a key piece. If something like, you know, uh, medical or CDC or you see all these new things coming out with blockchain, that's going to be real relevant potential systems of record on a blockchain, you know? And, you know, that's... Uh, when you're dealing with straight money and you and you have every incentive in the world to try to get that money and it's still not being impacted the way it could be from 51% attack and stuff like that, I think you're it's it's proven the fact that you could probably deal with a little less and that none of the attack vectors have been ever approached. We understand that it's a risk, but it's never been it's never been that and you could scale it back some. I don't think, and I mean that's you only have those two pieces: the incentive piece of it of what it's worth, and then you know if big data ends up going out there um before we leave that other like you know potential use of the technology i mean there's the the stuff that i'm you know i see and i go to the different trade shows and you know the industry stuff and you know the interest is high especially on the the blockchain side of it but i mean stuff that i mean we didn't even realize is um possibilities out there you know using like how to database you know uh, taking data to those different uh, nodes and being able to, you know, serialize those. I mean, there, there's things being worked on right now that, that are just mind blowing on, on that blockchain space that have nothing to do with tokens, right? It's like, it's like you have blockchain and then you have 
crypto-based blockchains, which a portion of those are ICOs that are trying to get funding to do their research piece. But that is just like one spot. And then there's this whole other spot that that are going to model and to expand and to scale those technologies. They, they hit to say, uh, you know, we can we've achieved it, we can do this in, in, a, in a small cloud standpoint. Okay, now how are we gonna distribute this? I, we don't wanna sit there and spin up a whole bunch of cloud stacks and technology stacks to do this. So then it looks back, I mean, you're gonna see this look back into this industry, right? And, uh, from the crypto side of it. And, and the incentive model's built in. Right. right. So looking at that, uh, of expanding what you're trying to do with the- So, so what are you uh, most excited about in your domain, right? Cause I got, I got my domain pretty figured out, but- uh, yep. I see you trying to play with the 19, the 19 PCIe mining motherboard, and I imagine you're running into OS nightmares, is my guess. I haven't watched um, no, it. No, it's That's... actually, the, Asus is about to get a pretty scathing review from us on it because uh, they, <laughs> um, they kind of misled. I'm looking for the manual. So, so bottom line, and it, maybe it's a, a delta between the marketing and the technical guys. But bottom line, they put nowhere in there clearly that it required um, mining cards. Um, what the fuck? That's terrible. And then when you really look at it in detail, you need to use the mining cards, which are very specific cards, right, um, to make it go to 19. It is limited to 13 um, GPUs oh, on a regular bad. standpoint. That's not that and bad. And then you need to use at least six of the P106 mining cards. Okay, it is that bad. They have a matrix in there that's that you could really get confused on using, and because uh, you look at it, it, looks it looks quantitative, and you're reading it this way, like left, right, or right, left. But it's it's a matrix, and they show kind of like P106, and they have the Nvidia, but it's not super clear. And there's nowhere else in the the manual that says that you have to use that. So. I think a lot of people bought it on pretenses that they could go 19 and now are understanding that, especially in the States, it's hard to get the P106 and the RX 470 mining cards. Like they're just non-existent. You can't buy them in stores. Um, you could go on AliExpress and take a shot at maybe that vendor sh selling your crap. Um, so it, it, it's pretty speculative that they did that. Yeah, I, uh, I once again will just make the statement that any time that you step out of commodity, you are entering nightmare zone because the biggest problem with computers is that they don't do what they tell you they'll do. So you bought a mining board and you wanted to use it for mining and it doesn't work for mining. Why? Because no one else already bled on the edge for you to support you to make it work. You decided to bleed on the edge. And now you get to be the guy that figures out why the hell it doesn't work. And you get to talk to the, one dude that actually writes the BIOS for the fucking thing over at Asus, if he answers your calls, right? And he's in a different time zone. So I don't like bleeding on the edge. I've been through this shit before. You're like, oh, the, label, the, the manual's wrong. The jumper performs the exact opposite of the indicated way. I have to move the jumper to wrong to make this work, right? Oh, I, I can't boot with my RAID card in this slot, but I can boot with it in this slot. That's great, you know? Like it's so bad. So I've learned that the, the best thing you can do is use what everyone else is using because you know it actually works, right? And you don't run into these edge cases that you could fight for months. I mean, I could link you to guys that uh, have been through these fights with things that were documented one way 
and worked another way and you're the only guy working on the problem, good luck. You'll, you'll spend months fighting that battle. I, I would return that shit. I'd be like, nah, nope. I'm not spending three months to figure out your problem with your product. I'm not doing tech support for you for free. Next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we've kind of fell into, right? Is I, I try, we are definitely trying to get to the, the latest the bleeding edge stuff. And then, but when it's so despairingly obvious that, that it was a, a quick rush to get it out. Um, and you know, they they even put in there like, uh, so this probably won't work and we're gonna have a myosin by, uh, the fourth quarter, you know, they kind of threw that in there and it's like, you know, I mean, I, I get iterative development, but hardware development at an iterative level is kind of crap. Well, I mean, it's really, um, I mean, it's really not hardware. It's just drivers, basically. I mean, the hardware is written in stone. You're not, they don't even have like an MEI Intel management interface that they can patch, like a low level firmware thing they can change. They just have like a normal firmware thing. So it's, it's really all drivers as far as I'm concerned. I mean, as long as the Linux guys have kind of got their stuff figured out, like I, I there's a reason Linux sucks for the consumer and it's because yeah. all the drivers suck. You get the worst drivers last. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're doing, you're doing something weird that no one else is doing. Nobody else is playing games on that platform. Yeah. No one else is creating media on that platform. If you do something different than everyone else in hardware land, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for problems. Yeah. I mean, that's what kind of, I would say it's the double-edged sword of this, this channel in general is that that's kind of what we're, trying to help from a consumer standpoint, I guess. And if you, you know, I get, you know, I have Barney Cleese and a few of the other bigger YouTube groups reach out and stuff and say, I don't get your edge. Why, why are you doing this? Why? And I'm like, we were doing this more for, like, I didn't have ads since I didn't have any of that stuff turned on, right? Until just recently. And that was more to kind of qualm the, like the a time investment that I had into it. Did you get more traffic when you turned AdSense on? Cause I leave it off, but I think they penalize me and don't give me as much traffic cause they don't make money on me cause I don't allow ads. Yeah. Did you get more traffic or did you not see a difference? I don't see any difference in traffic. Okay. I mean, I get the, the YouTube suggestions is the number one thing, which is a default. Like if you're running ads or not, unless their algorithm is saying, if you're running ads, be higher on the suggestions. Well, they should. I mean, they, why wouldn't they want to make more money? I mean, it seems to make sense to me. Yeah, but so, I mean, uh, the ads piece, I mean, YouTube, you don't make, unless you're like 400, 500,000 subscribers, you don't make money on YouTube. I mean, everybody, Dude, I type fast, uh, and Barnacles types uh, like 50 words per minute faster than me. At, but, <laughs> pretty quick. Uh, Barnacles, I'll call you out on this. I have a better workstation than you. I've seen your badass room. I've seen your <laughs> non-symmetrical, loud internal air conditioner. I've, I've seen your, I, I've got a better workstation than you. So I'm calling you out, Barnacles, okay? You kick my ass at programming. You kick my ass at typing. I've got better keyboards, and I've got a better workstation. So, well, with your trillion YouTube videos, if you want to, if you want to compete, I'll, I'll link. I'll link to him so chat can see who I'm talking about. His content's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's you know the, when I first started talking with him and, and stuff, they were like, you know, what's your edge on? Because you know, it's most YouTubers are trying to grow their channel and, and, and do lots of, uh, you know, really just get that critical mass to be able to not have to do a day job. It, I'm in a weird set of circumstances where Go ahead, we're going to be doing this stuff anyways because I like the fact, bottom line. And I use it as also a hedge in understanding the underlying, back, how things are working in, in the background in general. Keep on the, 
you know, I guess I could just troll Reddit and read, you know, Hacker News and all this stuff to figure out what's going on in the world when it comes to just, uh, you know, the open source space and what's the new innovative technologies and all that. For when I actually put on the, the day job hat on, you know, from the solution side and trying to solve issues, like big issues, um, you know, not just between companies, but it's companies and governments. I mean, I'm, I get from a very technology standpoint, I live, eat and breathe technology since I was young. So, I mean, it's the president of the computer club, president of the technology committee. What was your first computer? Do you remember? I mean, that's just what I do. Do you remember what your first computer was? Uh, I had a hand-me-down 8088 for my dad and then we went to a 286. Yeah, I, I did the same thing, monochrome. 386SX. Yeah. Do you have the turbo button? <laughs> I did it on the DX. Nice. <laughs> Dude, I remember when the internet, uh, like I was, I was on bulletin boards playing Doom all the time. God, I love playing Doom. Oh yeah. Just double barrel shotgunning dudes, man. Oh, oh so beautiful. We we would do land wars with, because uh, I remember I had a 486 DX4. It was our first land war, and you know that was the 100 megahertz one, I and mean, it was a boss. And I brought it over there, and you know, yeah. I, it was it was like prior to really graphics cards. I mean, there was like an adding card, but it was it was like a Trident or something, it was some crap. But uh, but it didn't matter at that time because it wasn't part of the culture or anything, right? It wasn't. I mean, they had the big computer shop, but it was like that big, right? And you try to put something together, but um, it, it you know it kind of it didn't really kick into that next uh, thing until after I when I was in high school, I went up to I was in Illinois and. Um, I went up to the release party for Mosaic that was at the University of hmm. Illinois in Champaign, Urbana. And uh, I didn't know what I was walk- looking at at the time. I knew it was like 1996. Um, and we're just standing there, and I remember sitting next to this guy, I think it was Mark Anderson, which is now runs a big uh, company. Everybody knows Mark here. Anderson or Shane. And uh, I actually tweeted to him, and he actually liked it, which was funny. I'm like, hey, do you remember that young, stupid kid that was. Uh, they're asking about what the internet was uh, at the release party from Mosaic, and he actually liked it, um, which was pretty funny because I mean he's like, you know, this is this could be huge, and I'm like, yeah, the internet, yeah, that could be huge, you know, and it's just like, damn it, I, mean, I was too young at that time to be part of something, then there, you know, I just didn't have the mass, the critical mass that needed to do anything with it. Bulletin boards are still kind of super popular, but this round, especially with the blockchain space and just the way work has worked out of being part of being technology it's just now you know there's a few folks out there that really understand where this can go and then the folks that are part of it to try to help drive it from a larger you know not just corporate uh, you know government that kind of thing space but just from a technology i kind of set in the technology realm of it i don't get into the politics and all that bs um it's all fodder up you know and but from leading large solutions i mean that's what i'm in now and that's where it's like you know if youtube and all this stuff blew up and you know i've been mind you i was mining bitcoin pretty early so it it was you know this could we get out of it now we could um what do you mean get out of it job and I, i know your whole thing buying freedom and all that but being involved in and what i'm in that right now is i look at as more of a a social requirement because of the technology understanding that i have um in the space and being part of it for so long and yeah we do tinker and it has nothing really to do with blockchain tech um here as much as it is at, at the office but i try to i try to drive those those understandings to people that's what that iac uh uh a uh, 
forum that I was at, you know, I, th those are the forums that I usually go to is like the, those kind of blockchain kind of company side and just listen and hear and try to make sure that the narrative uh, people understand because there's so much just, just FUD, you know, they're understanding the lack of understanding at, you know, corporate CIO, CTO level stuff that just, they don't, I mean, they don't, that's not their day job, right? They don't understand it. They're not reading hacker news and all that kind of stuff. So I look at it as like a conduit to make sure that they're educated enough um, to make good decisions um, that make sense, uh, you know, from not just a monetary standpoint, the companies or the governments are going in the right direction, but it's just, we're looking at a bigger vision here. I mean, this, the whole thing can change everything, the way everything is, you know? Uh, so that's the way it was when I was sitting in that room at uh, University of you know, Illinois in 1996. And I seen it there, you know, they, they had like, who was that? Uh, it's like net, network solutions that did all like the .com and all that stuff. Yeah, it was like 70 there. bucks a domain per year. I remember NetSol. Yeah. I mean, these guys are here and they have like, just like single tables, you know, and they're just set up and you're under, uh, uh, you know, yeah, uh, real audio. I mean, I don't know if Cuban was there cause I didn't know who anybody was at that time, you know, in that time frame, but you know, you had real audio and you had AOL had a desk there and it was like, it was the start of essentially the, the first mosaic browsers that would be included in, you know, and people that don't know mosaic was like the, the roots of internet explorer and, um, it was just like I, I didn't I knew it was going to be big. I just had no idea. This I know is going to be big, and I'm seeing the idea. So I just want to stay with it. So I wonder. So I think we've covered mining. Um, I think we've covered my token. I think we've covered your YouTubing. Is there what is there anything else that we should cover? So let's ask Chat real quick. Hey Chat. Yeah. You're probably on a 30 or 40 second delay because of the 4K stream. You're definitely on that type of delay. Minimum 25, I think. So I'm looking for you guys. If you have any smart questions, any, I don't know. I'll even accept stupid questions. If they're good, I might answer. If you want me to do a keyboard <laughs> review, I could go grab one of my sick keyboards. I love keyboards. Uh, so Mr. Righteous Capo asks, Richard, what do you think of the crypto space right now? I think that Bitcoin's going to the moon. Uh, what day is predicted for BTC to mine its last coin? Well, it's it's asymptotical. So if you increase the division past the 100 million Satoshi level, then you could never finish mining. But if you leave the division to the eight decimal places or whatever, then there is some date 100 years in the future, 50 years, some many, many, many years from now where theoretically the last Bitcoin would be mined and whatever, it, it doesn't really matter more. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Cover fed coin. I think that must be the dollar. The dollar buys a lot of stuff. It's nice. You know, I, I don't have a big problem with dollars. They just always go down in value. But other than that, they're pretty cool. They just always go down, which sucks. Uh, anyone here, an Apple person, uh, Apple has the best security for any cell phone period. Uh, they're encrypted. Uh, it's called God, the secure enclave. I believe it's called. 
their secure enclave is so good. And so if you read the, the DEF CON and other, you know, uh, trying to crack into the secure enclave, they cover everything. They cover low voltage, they cover skinning the top of the chip, they cover like every imaginable way that those things could go wrong. I think, I think Bitsby Trippin's internet dropped. Oh, he's back. Maybe he's just very pensive and still. <laughs> he's moving again. Um, yeah, no, I'm watching the chat now. Yeah. So I, I, I think that being a couple generations on hardware behind sucks for their laptops. Their laptops do have the longest battery life by far. You get an hour or two extra on the same battery and the same processing power because their OS is more power efficient. Uh, however, you know, everyone else in the world uses PC and unless you want to bite the bullet, being the guy with less tech support, less options for software to run, a generation or two behind on hardware, I would stay away from Apple PCs. Uh, and I would support Apple uh, cell phones now that they've got a good Bitcoin ecosystem. A few years ago, they didn't have an acceptable Bitcoin ecosystem. And at that point, uh, an iPhone was not an option. I also, I hate their money grabbing bullshit where it's impossible to move files from one phone to another. It's, it's impossible, like they don't want you to download BitTorrent stuff. You know, they don't want you to use normal headphone jack. There's a lot of money grab bullshit going on in that ecosystem, which enrages me, but I will respect them for form factor, design. Took them a long time to get on the big phone. I mean, that was stupid. <laughs> if it fits in my pocket and it fits in my hand, why would I want something smaller? Like. Funny fact, they make cell phones that are extremely small, so you can put them in your butt and smuggle them into jail. So they make literal, like, lipstick-sized cell phones for smuggling into jails, and they, like, advertise that they don't get caught, you know, like, butt phones. There was a funny article on it in Vice magazine, online version. Uh, let's go... What is Bitsby tripping going to mine since Ethereum is difficulty is high and POS is coming, says BT Haney. Well, right now we're doing Ubik mainly, but the Ethereum is a difficulty adjust the 17th of October if they release, and it'll be back and predicated on the actual amount of hash power that's there, which should sling it straight to the top based on profitability. All right. For folks that are looking Thoughts at Thoughts on uh, dating girls, says Abdullah. I'm going to make a funny comment for you, Abdullah. You have to find pretty girls on the internet and comment under their photos. Hello, princess. Come to Dubai and make funny squiggly lines under all her photos. <laughs> that, sir, is how you will find success with women. <laughs> uh, dude be amazing and just do stuff that your parents would be proud of. And then women will see, Oh, this guy's a winner. Learn how to dress, learn how to be fit, be valuable, be useful, right? Be funny if you can, you know, improve yourself. So the, the trick to being, uh, fulfilled in love is to be worthy of it. Right? So, so it, it's not when you improve yourself, Attraction is not a choice. People will be attracted to you if you are attractive, whether they want to be or not. So the saying is be attractive, don't be unattractive. So be stronger, just 
do everything that you know that you should do and the girls will take care of themselves. I think people that focus on the the attack, right? Like trying to find, you know, stuff like that. I think if you just, you find something that you believe in that you like to do, regardless of what it is, and you're passionate about it and you show commitment, that attracts, right? It's gravity. And I mean, as long as they can see you, as long as they can detect that you exist and you have proximity, it'll work. Yeah. If you're, if you're in a, if you're in Alaska on a, on a like research tour with just three other dudes, you might have to switch to the pink team, bro. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's go down the list here. BTC gold, a joke. I don't think it's a joke. If you want to give me a, a airdrop fork coin for whatever excuse, and it's not contentious and it has replay protection. Good on you, sir. I much prefer your airdrop uh, fork coin that, you know, benefits me than something that you could do that wouldn't benefit me. So I'm totally for every fork coin and every airdrop. Please go at it. Have fun. I hope you do well. Richard, it seems like Bitcoin is being taken over by 2x. Is that a good thing? I don't think it's being taken over by 2x. The market valuation before I started the stream was 0.27. So that's failure. So then we keep the real Bitcoin and that one should go to zero. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think B2X is taking over jack shit. The markets don't think they are, you know, or you could go set up an account on Bitfinex and go buy your super duper taking over everything B2X coin for only 0.27 of a Bitcoin, but I doubt you will. Uh, we need a crypto polo label. I actually love branding and like this necklace is my own little trademark fist crushing money thing back when I used to be more materialistic. Now I'm wearing it because why not? We're in entertainment now, so let's be entertaining. Um, so I'm totally for making my own Gucci print, like the Louis Vuitton LV, LV, LV stuff. I'm totally for taking my Vive logo, which looks like a hacked up version of uh, the Triumph, the Trinity Shield, right? And it fits with my like belief system I put together, the Vive. I'm, I'm more than happy to turn that into a print. I just have to see how it looks. I'm, I'm gonna send you some shirts. All right. Yeah, Bitsby Trippin's wearing his. Look at his brand. He ain't fucking around. He's doing better than I am. He's got his own T-shirt with his own brand, and it's got a cool nickname. Sounds cool. Sounds like bitch be tripping, right? <laughs> He's doing it better than I am. I like it. Uh, yeah, but a lot of people ask us where that where it came from. And, okay, uh, where'd it come from? There, there's a radio segment in this area, and it, it's it's pretty funny. I mean, it's it's nothing disrespectful to women. I want to start that off because people. But they have this segment on the radio station. It's just dudes that call in about their girlfriends that ask them really kind of funny things. Um, but it's called Bitches Be Trippin'. I feel it. And it, it's a really funny, I mean, it's like, you know, blinker fluid, that kind of stuff, right? It's just, you know, very lighthearted stuff. But we, we were sitting there thinking of a, a catchy name. Yeah, I don't and, care about PC bullshit. Like, if, if, you're, if you're uptight and you want to be offended, fuck you. Yeah. Be offended. <laughs> That's your weakness. Being offended is not a fucking virtue, okay? Being offended means you suck, right? So I, I don't I don't do the PC tap dance around everyone's offense. Oh, I can't speak with specificity. Can't say anything true because some jerk off will get mad. No, 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 no. I'll speak truth. If you don't like truth, fuck you, change the channel. <laughs> well, yeah, on here, I guess it's it's fine. I, I, I It's like indoctrinated in me because I'm usually around, you know, 
people that would take obviously offense to things all the time. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it becomes part of the, the behavior. Um, and it, it transcends to, to everything I do. It's just one of those things. But I, I think at some point, you know, I, I have a lot of those same beliefs. So I used to curse more and I had a lot of people in my stream complain a lot because they felt physically harmed by it. And they were, seemingly for the most part, nicer, older ladies, motherly types. And I had to decide, do I want to back off the cursing a little bit and physically harm these people a little less, even though they shouldn't be getting offended? It's easier for me to back off and not harm them. So I've backed off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not, not all, but a little bit. And I think that if I transition into having more of a financial responsibility to represent something if survive becomes a movement mm -hmm. if the token uh becomes super valuable which it should then i will probably back off the the cursing even more because i would owe it to more people at that point a little bit right so i'm not going all the way and I'm, I'm not going to be a pc freak but it's just like you scale security based off attacks. You scale yeah. nicety based off of how much I have to, right? So it's like visiting your grandparents. I mean, it, it, you, got, you might have to wear a suit. Yeah, I mean, you you got to you got to there's a you got to be yourself, and 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 if you're trying to project, like when I, when I'm running a, a development team or I'm running a big effort, you know, I'm listening. I need I need to make sure that they understand what I need. Um, and what the, the client or the customer needs. And, and you know, I, I'm not a, a dick, but I mean, I try to, I try to come off to like, guys, this isn't a joke. We need to get this done. Here's what, here's what our scope is. Tell me if you can't. Um, and we'll try to get some other help in here or something like that. So, you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have a personality, you gotta have presence. Um, but there's a respect thing and certain things, but like, I'm, I'm, we're having a conversation like this, you know, I mean, I, I get it. It's just like most of the time I'm like, you know, screw those folks or whatever. Um, yeah, you change. It, you, it you be a better you or a worse you based on who you're talking to. You optimize who you are for who your audience is. You don't. You're not always the same yeah, person, absolutely. right? I mean, sometimes you're out drinking, sometimes you're visiting the grandparents, sometimes you, you know, at your. It, you should have a wide range of acceptable behaviors and personalities absolutely. that you can use when they, when they best fit. If you're a well-rounded human being, I mean, that's pretty much the definition of well-rounded. So there's actually, you guys are coming up with pretty good questions here. So I'm just going to read them out and then, uh, and see what, what kind of, man, you guys asked a hell of a lot of questions here. God, <laughs> uh, I had to page up like, uh, quite a few times here. What's your opinion on Bitfinex launching future pairs, BTC one and BTC two. I think that price discovery is important. I think price discovery is useful. I think that uh, trying to predict what the future might look like allows people to better prepare for that future. Uh, so I think that's all good. And I like the way that they changed it from the way they did BCH into this other method, which rewards people for being long the thing instead of being short the thing. If, you know, if you're the new actor and you're the one creating contention, you shouldn't be assisted by economic game theory into doing things which are very costly for the ecosystem regarding integration, right? So every time one of these new stupid thing comes along, all the wallets have to do a lot of work and all the exchanges have to do a lot of work and every technical person 
has to do a lot of work out of the kindness of their heart to support your silly idea. And so I, I think that it's totally fair that they don't get extra assists on the work that they're causing other people to have to do to route around their stupidity. Uh, scrolling down. <laughs> A lot of opinions of the, uh, the PC nature. Yeah, I mean, look, everyone that's watching this is probably a libertarian dude. So if I wanted to shill and get a bunch of upvotes, I could just say, I hate men with guns. Men with guns are evil. I could I could just, like, <laughs> libertarian shill out my butt. But uh, I find it cheap. I, I find them cheap laughs and cheap likes. I like more unique stuff uh, that I could generate on my own. And tweeting, you know, party lines. Someone asked, do I watch the Orville? No, but this is the second time someone's mentioned it to me, so I'm probably going to check it out tonight because that shit must be cool, or that's like the second time it's been mentioned. More people are mentioning that. It started that. off a little rough. All right. Yeah, I, I've watched it. We caught up. It's gotten better. All right. I watched the new Star Trek, and I haven't watched much of it, but man, it's not, it's not that good, unfortunately. Not good. I don't want people pay extra money to make things look worse. Like, <laughs> Jurassic Park had really good-looking dinosaurs. Then, the new one has bad-looking dinosaurs for a lot more money. Stop trying to do everything digitally. Use goddamn models. They work really well, and they're cheaper. Fuck. The Klingons used to look better. Now the Klingons look fucking retarded, and it costs you more to do it. Stop. All right. Uh... Good advice, Richard. Now just learn how to dress and you'll be all set. Son, if you put me near your girlfriend, dog, I'm going to take your girl. <laughs> so you could talk shit about the way I dress, but I didn't choose these clothes. I, I optimized my fashion over time due to good A-B testing. So what I do works. If you don't like it, that's fine. You're probably not my target audience. Uh... On down the list. Richard, you look exceptionally good and happy today. Fuck you, past guy, see? Fingers crossed for 20,003 Bitcoin by Christmas, New Year's. That's I'm with funny. you, bro. I'm feeling that. What kind of watch is it? Uh, Two-tone Rolex Daytona. No, I'm sorry, Submariner, 2003. So they changed this band on the bottom from all stainless to have this gold, which gets dented really easy in 2003. So you can basically tell the age of a Submariner by at least the two-tone ones, by this clasp at the bottom. The reason I got this watch is because it's the most recognizable rich person watch. So mm -hmm. if you don't have more than 10 million, if you only have single millions, and you want to let other single million people know that that's how much you've got, you get one of these, probably like, I don't know, eight, 10 grand now, I guess. I'm not really sure. So, you know, super durable, works forever goes up in value, not down. I could probably sell this for more than it originally cost. Uh, not as good at telling time as a normal watch. Normal watch is better. This shit uh, runs a little fast. I could go get it serviced, but it, I think it runs like five or six seconds fast per day. And if you don't wear it for 72 hours, it stops. So you have to get it like a watch winder that's constantly moving it. It runs on kinetic energy. So there's a little counterweight in here that as you move, it 
uh, clutches around and only goes, you know, keeps winding a spring. So that's why they're called automatic. This thing can go 300 meters. I went like 10 meters. My ears hurt like shit. I'm like, yep, I don't want to go any farther. <laughs> this feels crappy. So if you want to look rich, this is the one that's in all the advertisements, right? But then if you're really rich, you look at this like a poor person's watch. So if you're really rich, you have a Patek Philippe or something that's much less gaudy and much more understated. But you know what? I prefer the gaudy because people are stupid, right? Like a person, a person that would know what's up with a Patek Philippe, he doesn't give a fuck about your watch anyway, or shouldn't, right? So I'm, I'm okay with single tier millionaire signaling. Like I could go up the list of like other fashion price points that you could use for signaling, but I doubt you're really in the market for buying Rolex. If I were to get another one, I'd get a Daytona because I like the stopwatch feature. So I'd get a, a white face uh, Daytona or a black face one. Probably two-tone. I like the two-tone. They're just, you're on a waiting list for the new ones and, uh, you know, whatever. I'd rather buy Bitcoin than have a fucking watch. Like, like do this math, okay? If you took it, if you took, I think when I got this, the watch was like 6,500 or something. So if, if you paid, if, if you took that 6,500 and you put it into crypto, anytime that wasn't the last year boy you could buy a lot of watches right and so just look around your house and look at everything you got and be like oh shit i could have had like a trillion zillion billion trillion crypto dollars oops so i still live way cheaper than i have to because you know I, i'm a holder man and you're not holding if you're spending i miss do, do you want to pick any of these questions do you see any that like pick out to you i was i was letting you go man i i, I like the style discussion all right uh, yeah, like, let me tell you, by the way, this whole, like, expensive watch thing, uh, n no one actually gives a fuck. So you'll get maybe three or four compliments right. a year, of which 30 to 40% will be shopkeepers, and that's it. No one gives a fuck about your car, no one gives a fuck about your watch, particularly not women, at all. Mm -hmm. They don't fucking care, at all. If, if you asked them what a new M3 cost, they don't know. They don't care. So if you're, if you're doing materialism for someone other than you, you're probably going to be unimpressed with the actual results. Yep. I'm more of a functional type of person. I like it. The, the technology in the cars, the technology and the stuff, it needs to do something. It needs to be elevating. What um, kind of car do you like? Uh, well, I mean, I've had a halt uh, right now. I have a, I have a truck because it's functional and they need it for like camping and stuff. But I mean, I had a C55 AMG Mercedes. Mm. Now, was that an older uh, one with a supercharger or the newer ones? That's a supercharged one. Yeah. So it, well, no, the, it was standard. Uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff to it. It's actually on my other YouTube channel, but I put a Cleman supercharger on it. it was naturally aspirated. I, had Brimbo big brake kit on it. I did a whole, when I wasn't spending money on tech, I was doing autocross and I tried, I wanted to have something very unique when I took it autocross and different race events. And so I took a standard C55, which naturally aspirated and put way too much money into it. How uh, many pounds of boost it. were you running? Did you have an intercooler? I, I knew you had to have an intercooler, right? I mean, all the other, yeah. e, the E55s run a big intercooler on their superchargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E, e does. The Cs at the time didn't. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I had a, I used to do car stuff too. 
<laughs> what a waste of goddamn money. That's a big money sink. <laughs> Every dollar you put in, you lose that plus more. Yeah. So if you put 20,000 yeah. mods into your car, your car is worth 40,000 less. Shit you not. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. You have to part the car out to ever get your money back. You have to split it into parts. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 when I sold it, it, I mean, we probably, oh, man, I probably had, I mean, the car was like 40, and then I probably put another 35, 36,000 into it. I, I sent it to, so I was like the runner. There was a TV show on um, in the U.S. called Bull Run. And in season two, I applied because they, they would take these different teams and they call it like Team BMW, Team whatever, and they'd race across the U.S. And it was all done through, uh, like, uh, Goldberg was like the uh, the person that was like the announcer on it and stuff. But I was like the person that they were about to choose, and they ended up taking another team over me. This guy with a Lambo showed up, and and they took him because he was going to race his Lambo and do super shit with it. And mm. uh, a lot of people want to watch a Lambo do that, not some dude in a four-door Mercedes. Mm. Um, but I sent it to Colorado Springs to get, like, completely – tore down, make sure it was good to go and probably spent uh, $8,000, $9,000 there to get that done just to have it ready. And then the producers called back and said, Hey, we, we chose somebody else. I'm like, Oh crap. That's fucked. You're not the first guy to that. get fucked by that. Like Dan Blazarian got fucked on some people that he was supposed to have a part in a movie and get X amount of screen time. They fucked him on it. He had to sue him. And as far as big four Mercedes go, Kim.com uh, actually ran the, the gumball rally with a either a two-door or four-door black mercedes and uh mm-hmm. won it so but that dude's such a scammer that I, I don't know what type of cheating he might have done you know <laughs> like i don't know yeah, no it, it was just cool i like i had i had the pass from work i mean my at the time i worked for anheuser-busch which is a big beer company and i they were they were supporting it. I mean, they were like, yeah, man, you take the vacation you need. That'd be cool. We'll cheer for you. And I was like, this is freaking sweet. That sounds and, pretty sweet. You know, and it just fell through, but I don't, I don't regret what I did with the car. I mean, I had a ton of fun. I had tons of, you know, autocross stuff. I recorded everything and you know, GoPros when they first were coming out, I put them all in the car. I mean, I have that car. Nobody knew what it was at the time because we're talking 2005, 2006 timeframe. Those weren't real super popular cars. Like the the E55 AMG came out in 2003 and it got a little popularity for Mercedes, but nobody really knew what the C55 was. And since I had, you know, close to 500 horsepower in it and nobody knew what it was. And I I didn't do any appearance stuff on the back. It was a little lower because they had Brava suspension on it, but. Um, I mean, I would go to events, you know, the things running low 12s, high 11s, you know, on 120 miles an hour. Nobody it's knew, fast. like, what the hell? It's fast. I mean, I think Ferraris yeah. were running 12s in that year, that that time frame, those years. I think Ferraris were just running 12s as well. I think like yeah. 12 Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's the time. I mean, people look at it now, and there's cars that could do 11 all day long. You got the P100D Teslas that are doing... Tens at 130. You know, Strip them and do nines. Take the fucking three year out and run nines. 2005, 2006, it was a fast car. I mean, I was going to this. I did a. We did this one race event. It was a charity race event. It was. Uh, uh, they they donated all the money to the local cancer research center in Indianapolis, and it was called. Uh, uh, I don't know what the hell was it called. Uh, uh, winged warriors. Yeah, it was a winged warrior event, and it was like domestic versus import, and they would have like you do. You go out to this airport. Domestic wins, except for the two JZ. Speed, a zero to one hundred to zero. Um, a, a 
auto, huge autocross track and a drag race, and they, they would take all your times and all those different events, and then they would sum them up, and then they would see where you got in the list. So it was not just like, you know, you go race your car. It was like all these disciplines, and, you know, those kind of events were just popping up, and now they're everywhere. You can go to all kinds of events like that, but yeah, yeah, you, know you spend a lot of money doing that kind of stuff. I think it's funny, the guys that, that modify their engines, but not their brakes. So, like, if you actually right. get your car up to fucktarded speed and you're going 155 and then you have to stop, you got to stand on your brakes for so long. It takes forever to scrub speed from 155, dude. It's crazy how long it takes. And they probably fade out, too. Right. You get to do that once. And then you better not need to do it again very soon because your pedal will just, yeah. you're not, it's not going to work. Right. So I would drive my GS 400 so hard that the brake rotors would glow red when I would park. And I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a stock car with glowing brake rotors before ever. So, <laughs> and this is before I modded it. Like that. those steel rotors usually don't last after they glow red. Yeah, they showed, they had a lot of little micro cracks on them and stuff. But I, I mean, the car ran better before I modded it. And after you put a roll cage in it, so I put a roll cage in the car and then uh, upgraded the brakes and then everything was worse, right? So now you're not using normal belts, you're using harnesses. And oh, yeah. uh, you're, if you get into an accident, you don't realize it, but your head's going to hit that fucking bar. So now you're concerned with like, should I armaflex it? And, and put something over the bar so I don't bang my head on it. Then you had to take down your rear view mirror for the bar. So now you've got a weird rear view mirror under, right? And then if you jam on the brakes, I got this left to right diving oscillating shit. I'm like, oh God, why doesn't wow. anything work right? It's all bad. Like I've ruined my car. So I would never modify a car again. I would never ever do it again. Yeah, yeah I'm out of that kind of game now. I mean. It's, you know, that, uh, it was funny going to an event like that. And they, I mean, they don't do a ton of them like that, but it's so funny because guys would bring really powerful cars and they were great in a straight line. And then they would go to their next, you know, event, you know, cause there's all this huge little area, uh, uh, Indianapolis, Indianapolis race area and, uh, O'Reilly Speedway. And they would be, you know, great on the quarter mile and then they would have to go do autocross and they, you just watch the body roll and just them yeah. get thrown around. And then the high speed slalom, I mean, people were like that are not, they might be good drivers on a straight line, but when you start doing 70 to 80, there's like a slalom speed and people don't understand the physics sometimes, I think. <laughs> Cause just when blow they through the second then, cone. You know, they just hammer down and then they go to do the slalom and that first turn, they do everything spin out, you know, and you're on a big runway. So if you spin out, it wasn't that big of a deal and you're probably doing 70. 75 something like that but you know you get a little flint tractor but it was just funny to see like the cars that were best set up i mean guys would bring like spec miatas which were you know that were monster versions which would have like a five liter in it so it was like a big v8 and it's a miata you could lift the third wheel you could live you know you'd be three wheeling it around all the times because it's so stiff right i mean those guys did great on all the events but miatas good bang for the buck if you want to make corners so yeah. somebody asked, what are your thoughts on autonomous vehicles? Are they coming and what impact will they have? And what kind of public backlash will it face? Well, it, people are actually really bad at driving cars. So making machines that can drive cars better actually isn't as hard 
as you think if you're on a highway when humans are actually better than computers or in edge cases so very bad conditions or you know a cop is directing you by hand right or the road's closed and there's particular obstructions humans are good at that like oh here's a new thing i haven't run into before that humans are good at that but like oh my phone rang or oh i'm tired humans are terrible at that so uh, a self-driving car should be able to greatly 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 reduce collisions which kill thousands of people many thousands so uh the number of people that have driving jobs in the united states is over three million it's the most common profession that exists in the United States is driving. So the worst, the worst possible displaceable job in, in, to some degree is the one that's the most common. And so the machines are coming fast to take the jobs of the people who have the most of that job, right? Three million people more or less should get displaced by computers driving cars over some reasonably medium time frame. Let's call it eight years, 10 years. Um, that's, it means that they need to train for new jobs or we need to subsidize and help them perform that transition and realize that it's not just the drivers that are having their jobs come for by machines. It's people that make t-shirts. It's people that make shoes. It's everything. And in the short term, it's going to be a lot of pain for people that aren't in the capital class. And it's gonna be a lot of pleasure for people that have the money to buy the machines. So early Bitcoin adopters, probably gonna do just fine. People that work for a living, not just fine. So we need social improvement and a social safety net to allow all of the great GDP gains and improvements to society from mechanization and computerization and automation to filter down, or I hate that phrase. I don't like that, that hierarchy, the top down shit. We need those benefits to get to everyone because it benefits everyone. So, you know, the, the, the goodness of a society can be judged by how it treats those people most in need, the mentally ill, the unemployable, and, you know, uh, there may be a point when human beings in general are not employable. And unless you want to see a revolt or a real bad state of affairs, let's have everyone have a good life, right? So I'm, I'm for, you know, I've got a video on saying, hey, we should take some portion of the military and teach them how to drive nails instead of bullets and just build some houses. People need places to live. Some contractors are going to be super pissed, but we need fucking houses. You know, it's not fair that a kid that just graduated college can never get a fucking house ever because he can never afford it. It's not fair. It's not good. You know, our children shouldn't have worse lives than their parents. And financially, that's one way they have it worse. You know, you used to be able to graduate high school, get a job, buy a car and a house. Now you can fuck yourself with a master's degree. No one cares. So if you want to see that get fixed, that's what governments are there to do. Uh, the rich capital class of which I'm a member uh, is going to do just fine with everyone still being helped. We're going to do better, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's really hedging into what I was talking about earlier about trying to 
partake in some of that transition and help nurture that transition. I mean, because I mean, you, a lot of the common questions I get, especially at like the blockchain forum and stuff, you know, when people start talking about the, you know, the movements of like cryptocurrency and you know, you got the real extremes on anything. You can talk about anything. There's extremes on everything. When they're like, oh, screw the government, it's all anti. Um, that that whole crowd and stuff. And what I try to figure out is like I, everybody everybody knows that there needs to be change. I mean, there's no doubt that there needs to be change. And there's stuff that's transitioning that's going to happen if we like it or not. It's just the natural order of things. I mean, the stuff that like Elon's working um, and expanding and what he's talking about is very, very true with regards to, um, you know, the evolution of that technology is going to displace people. So there needs to be a solution for that. Um, and then what are the, what, you know, what is the path for those folks? How do you start transitioning? I mean, anytime where I'm moving big systems, we have to, you got a living, breathing system, and you got a target. And I got to figure out how to keep that living, breathing system working, functioning, not impacting them, and then move it into something that is uh, going to be all, ultimately the future state, you know, the as-is and the PBTs. And really laying out that on a social structure, figuring out how what people can do, how people can expand and, and be part of things. Um, when those, when people ask that question, you know, when are, you know, drivers, cars and that stuff, are those really going to take, absolutely they're going to take, like, when it's only going to take you a few times to get in one and go say go and then it goes and it shows up and there's no event and you're gonna be like well shit why am i not doing that every time yep. it changes things it's an evolution it's a it's a the next stage of the way things are and um people are going to immediately gravitate towards that when you have something that functions and works and i mean you look at like and i, I hate they keep using elon but i mean jesus the guy's knocking him out of the park right now i mean when he talks you know we're launching 16, 16 shots this, you know, the space this so far this year. We're going to do 30 next year. We're already half the, the world's people are coming back to him because it free and works, right? He's built a mechanism that, that, that functions. You can take whatever. Yes, it's a rocket. Yes, it, it does these things. A lot of people never cared about any of that. We're caring now because it's moving society in a large scale. And um, you start looking at that adaptation down towards cars and all that kind of stuff it's going to not take people very long to go that works and i want to be part of it and i want to do it and then you got to answer the other thing the out uh you know what happens with everything else with it you know when you displace it yeah i agree so uh chat thanks for coming by we've done two yep. hours uh the questions you guys presented were great mr bitsby trippin sir thank you for your your video work and educating people and onboarding and helping them make better decisions, you know, buy Absolutely. this, don't buy that, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, buy Bitcoin, Bitcoin Moon, ob obligatory. Mm. I guess that's it. Hey, man, it was really good yeah. talking to you. And uh, thanks, thanks everybody, yeah, for coming sure. by. See you, man.